0: Do any of you know someone who needs to be patient? Do any of you live with someone who needs to be patient? (laughs) Is it perhaps the person who greets you in the mirror every morning? Yeah. The problem of impatience is rampant in our culture today. Dr. Barton Sparagon thinks he knows why. He says that impatience is killing us, and email, cell phones, and laptops are to blame. He says we bring our work home. We don't leave it there. We take it on our vacations with us. Technology has increased the pressure to do more than ever in the same number of hours, and our impatience to do that has led to some serious health problems what Dr. Spurgeon calls hurry sickness, heart attacks, palpitations, depression, anxiety, immune disorders, digestive ills, insomnia, migraines, used to be the domain of the 40 to 50-year-old age group, and now these symptoms are showing up in the 20 to 30-year-olds of our society. Even worse, there are some symptoms like hypertension and migraines and uh, digestive problems that are showing up in kids as young as 10 years old. And technology is one of the reasons. The bottom line, medically speaking, is that impatience can ruin your health. Now, why is it that as the pace of life has quickened dramatically, we seem to be growing ever more impatient? Things are happening so much faster in this technological world that we expect more to happen, and when they don't, then we lash out. We, we lose it. We get impatient when we come to a, a train crossing and there's actually a train there. Or maybe the light doesn't change as quickly as we'd like it to. Or maybe we go to board a flight and find out it's a delay and, and we can't stand that. We go to some place along the road and our cell phone drops its signal in a place where we didn't even know about it 20 years ago. there wasn't on the map. You know, and We're, we're upset with that. And and we have slow downloads on the internet. It took more than a few seconds, and we, we don't know how to handle that. We find ourselves getting frustrated when we have to wait five minutes for something that may have taken five hours before, just five years ago. And we go through life at this breakneck speed, and then wonder why, if anything like a hiccup comes along in our day, we just freak out. We, we lose it right there. And everybody watches self-destruct. So much of our impatience comes from the pace that we're living. Our plates are too full, our schedules too busy, and then we take it out on someone very close to us, usually someone that we love very dearly. Obviously, we need to slow down What does impatience do to our health? Well, what does impatience do to our relationships? And this morning, that's what we want to think about. Our family relationships. We're parents with children. We're husbands and wives. We're family members trying to get along with each other, live with each other day after day, and impatience keeps rearing its ugly head moment after moment, day after day. What is patience? The Bible has two words, the New Testament, has two different Greek words to describe patience, and they have Two different kinds of of ideas, both of them we have trouble with. One is the word macrothemia, and it simply means long anger. It takes a long time for your anger to surface. It's like the, the, the boiling point. It's the opposite of a short fuse. You have a long fuse. Does it take a lot before you finally explode? What is the temperature at which you boil? And is that temperature a little more extreme this year than it was the year before. Are you growing in that. That's what the Bible talks about. How do you handle these things that happen in life? The other word for patience is hypomone, and, and it simply means to remain under, to be under something, to be under a burden, to be under a pressure, to be under a, a maybe a debilitating illness or or a job loss and a new job doesn't come, or maybe something's happening in your family and it's there for a long time. What do you do then? Do you grow impatient with that, or do you persevere? Are you able to keep going through that? Patience, we've learned, is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Remember we read that a few weeks ago in Galatians five, twenty two and twenty-three, that this is one of the things that show us that the Holy Spirit, that the God, is is growing in us. It's not something we're born with, but something that is a spiritual, supernatural ability that grows inside of us as we yield ourselves to the Spirit's control and influence. And for some of us, maybe this comes a little more rapidly than others. For others, patience has to grow for a long, long time. And it's fitting that this fruit of the Spirit happens to be the topic on Mother's Day, the topic when we dedicate these beautiful, wonderful children to the Lord. And in order to leave enough time, really, for our child dedication time, which we're going to get into in just a few minutes, we're going to just look at one passage this morning in our Believe series. That passage is found in James 1, 19 and 20. James one nineteen and 20. And in these two verses, this is what James says. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness or the righteous life that God desires. So we're talking about dealing with each other, living with each other, relating to one another, speaking, communicating with each other. And we want to look at these these three simple and yet very profound laws of personal communication that the Word of God gives us. How? we communicate reflects our patience or our impatience with each other. This is one aspect of patience. First of all, we need to listen intently. We need to be quick to listen. When the Bible says be quick to listen, it means you need to pay close attention. You need to strive for paying attention to each other. When when someone is speaking to you, are you concentrating just because you're listening to their words doesn't mean you're necessarily getting the message. You're not necessarily really paying attention. The sound waves may reach your ears, but are the feelings and the thoughts behind these words that are spoken reach your heart? I've been with families at the hospital, and they had somebody in the family, you know, in serious surgery, life, life-threatening kind of situation... And when that doctor comes out of the operating room and he speaks to the family at the waiting room, do they listen? Are they intent? Are they concentrated? Yes, because this is life and death. Every one of them are hanging on every word that the doctor says and and the expression and the the facial expression and the body uh, movement and gesture and all of that. They're looking because, is this hopeful? Is this good? Or do we have reason for, for even more concern? The key to good communication is to listen, and to listen hard, to listen intently. Concentrate on what is being said to you. And one mark of love is to love each other's words and what you're saying, the desire to hear you out, to hear what you have to say, what is important to you, even if they're speaking to you casually. Concentrated listening is noting not only the words, but also the feelings that are behind those words. It's picking up the body language. It's sensing the importance of these words to the speaker. Is this something of excitement to them, something of joy to them, something that's really discouraging to them? And you sense all of that as they're speaking if you're really listening. Be quick to listen. And I want to encourage you moms and dads especially to be quick to listen, to listen to each other, to listen to your children with great care and concentration. Second thing James says, speak carefully. Be slow to speak. God gave us two ears, one mouth. There's a clue there. It seems easy, but this second rule is violated all the time because we selfishly think that what we have to say is more important than what someone else has to say. So while they're speaking, we're not really listening. We're waiting for our chance to speak and we'll interrupt them if we have to because what we have to say is so much more important than what they're saying. At least if we're prideful or selfish about that. Our communication is really betraying our self-centeredness. I don't really care what you have to say. I've got something important to say. But James says, be slow to speak. You know, few people ever get into trouble saying too little. Most of the trouble we get into is by saying too much. It's easy to put our mouths in motion before our brains are in gear. And so measure your words carefully. Think before you speak. Others then may be blessed by what you said instead of destroyed by what you say. I read this week about a woman who had a very serious throat condition. The doctor told her that her vocal cords needed total rest. She couldn't speak at all. And and so he told her, you are forbidden to say a word, even to whisper for the next six months. She was married, had six children. And so she agreed to the plan, and she followed it to the letter. She had, she had a whistle. She would blow, and she needed the kids' attention. They would come, and she'd write notes to them, and she kept notepads around, and she was going through all this stuff. And she made it through the six months. At the end of that, her vocal cords had healed, and she was able to go on with her life speaking normally once again. And when asked what it was like to communicate in writing, only in writing, for six months, she said this you'd be surprised how many notes I wrote and then crumpled up and threw into the wastebasket. Once I saw them written down, I realized that wasn't the best thing to say. That wasn't the right thing to say. That wasn't even necessary. And I threw it away. And that's what James is saying to us. Be slow to speak. Consider carefully what you're about ready to say before you say that word. And one reason we need to be very careful about that is once the words are spoken, you can't bring them back can you? You can't reel them back into your mouth and say, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. And so, if you're careful about what you said in the first place, you have fewer times that you regret what you have said. So be slow to speak. Choose words of life. Choose words of hope. Choose words of goodness. And then thirdly, James says, uh, uh, avoid angry words. Be slow to anger. And we know many situations. We live some situations, some of us, where anger and rage have destroyed more homes than tornadoes and termites combined. You know, just, it's relentless, the anger, this hair-trigger temper that many people have and can fire off at the least provocation. There was a middle school boy that was studying one night, and he was studying world history, and so he asked his dad, he says, "He says, how did World War Two start? And uh, his dad says, well, son, it happened like this. The Japanese attacked us at Pearl Harbor. And the mom was in the same room, and she jumped in. She says, no, that's not right. It was Hitler. Hitler started the war when he started invading Europe. And the husband scowled back at the wife, and he said, he didn't ask you. He asked me. Would you just butt out of this conversation? And so the wife stormed out of the room. But before she left and slammed the door, she said, well, if you're going to teach him, you better know the facts yourself. So she left the room. The husband's all irritated and finally turns back to the son and says, well, let's go on with the lesson about who started World War II, how that all started. He said, doesn't matter, Dad. I now understand how wars get started. (laughs) I don't need any more lessons. (laughs) A person who explodes with anger thinks that they're doing themselves a favor by letting off steam. But like any explosion, people get wounded. And it's the people that we care the most about. Angry, thoughtless words often betray our basic self-centeredness and pride, and so we lose our patience when situations don't go where they want we, that we want them to, and we're very quick to speak, very quick to show our temper. Please notice the title of today's sermon: "I am patient because God is in charge of my life." This whole thing of the fruit of the spirit is a question of: Are you? submitting to God? Are you surrendering to God? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to use your life to God's glory? Or are you still in there hammering for what you want, what your self-centered ego wants, what your foolish fleshly nature wants? Or are you yielding yourself to God and saying, God, create your fruit in me. Produce the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I'm not here for me, I'm here for you. And when we do that, it changes everything. So, healthy communication—your family is not a luxury; it's a necessity. Try these three simple laws: listen intently, speak carefully, and avoid angry words. Be quick to speak, or quick to listen, so to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, one of our deacons, Caleb Senna, uh, has something he wants to share with us this morning. I'm going to ask Caleb to come up here. and something that God has put on his heart. He wants to communicate to the parents today. So uh, listen up for just a moment. Caleb, thank you, brother.
1: I'm not going to do it. So she said, why? The preacher said, because I may not remember every day to pray every day for your child. What's wrong with your child? Then she said, my child is... drunkard she does drugs she goes out every night comes home late and the preacher said I'm not even going to pray not even one time for your child and the lady asked him why and he said it won't do any good why because as long as you keep telling him he's not going to amount to anything He's going to end up in jail. He's going to get killed. I don't care how much I pray for that child. It will not work. So the lady said, Then what shall I do? The preacher said, Easy. If I tell you to do it, Will you do it? The lady said, Well, if it's easy, I will. I said, Good. It's easy. From now on, No matter what you see him do, no matter how long he stays out there don't talk to him about God the Bible or church leave him alone use the word of God to work on your behalf every day when you think about him don't worry, be patient cast your cares upon the Lord and from now on Say, I surround him with faith and love. Lord, I don't know where he is. But wherever he is, you know where he is. I surround him with faith and love because love never fails. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow him all the days of his life. That lady said those words the first month. The second month. The fifth month. The 10th month. And one day, around 4 o'clock, the boy came in and went to bed. At 9, the mother got up to get ready to go to church. And he came out of his room and said, Mom, I'm going to church with you. The mom said, No, you can't. You came home late. I heard you when you came in. You need your sleep. Go back to bed. The boy said, No, I'm going to church with you. He went to church. In the evening, as his mother was getting ready to go to church, he said, I'm going to go to church with you. And the mother said, son, you need your rest. No, mom, I'm going to church with you. He went to church. When they called for those who want to receive Jesus as their savior, he came forward, received Jesus. And this boy If he was 100% for the devil, he was now 120% for God, he became a missionary. (laughs) And so, 15 months later, that same preacher came back and she went to the preacher and said, Do you remember me? The preacher looked at her and said, No, I don't remember you. You remember you came and I told you to pray for my child every day? Oh, yeah, I remember you. You look so different. You look so beautiful. What happened? And she narrated this story. And the lady said, and you know what? I have changed. I have changed. You know, in life, you have negative and positive. If you combine the two. Which one wins? Plus, plus, negative. What's the answer? Mathematicians, (laughs) if you add negative plus positive, negative wins. Okay? So, when you are confessing over your child, no matter what is going on, don't look at what is going on. Look at what you believe. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We believe, therefore we speak. I'm begging you parents, no matter what is going on, speak over your children. Speak over your unborn children till the end of times. Remember Jacob? Do you all remember Jacob? Do you all remember that he prayed for his children and told them what is going to happen to them? You can do the same thing. The power is in your mouth. Speak the word of God. Speak what you believe. Positively. Not the negative things. The positive things. Speak it over and over. No matter what is going on, just continue speaking it. You know what will happen? I'm telling you, God will honor his word that is coming from your mouth. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, thank you.
0: 1 Samuel 2.26 tells us that when Hannah and Elkanah had dedicated their son Samuel to the Lord, the Word of God tells us the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. In Luke 2.52, when Mary and Joseph had had, uh, brought Jesus home and began raising him for God, Luke tells us that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And this is, this morning, what we desire for all the children that are being dedicated to the Lord. We are asking Him to help them grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And we are dedicating the parents as well. Uh, They maybe thought, we're just going to dedicate the kids. No, they're going to be dedicated too. We're going to pray for them too, so that we can ask God to help them grow spiritually, so that they can set a godly example, and so that they can can accept the responsibility to bring their children up to know, to believe in, to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to invite uh, the parents to come forward, if they will, please. Uh, Maybe grandparents will come as well. We'll just line up across the front. I think we'll take up the whole front here. So just come on up, parents and children, and let's line across the front, please. Doesn't matter what order you're in. We will be confused anyhow. (laughs) we've got some other children that could not be here today uh, and we knew that uh, Robin, Tammy Embry could not be here Uh, they're at another church for another dedication service for a niece and nephew and so they'll be here next Sunday, we'll do that Um, our uh, grandson Grayson cannot be here because he's sick today Uh, so they'll both be dedicated next Sunday but we have others that have come forward today and, and we're so grateful for them as we uh, knew of anybody, we have some certificates ready, but we'll get the others ready as we conclude the service today. Um, a child dedication service, what is this about? Um, it's an opportunity, first of all, to thank God for these precious children. I mean, it, it's amazing to see these kids up here, isn't it? And to know what a tremendous gift that God has given. It's an opportunity uh, to publicly declare your intentions as parents to raise these children for God, to raise them in a Christian environment, Christian home. And in a way, this is a benchmark you can return to year after year to say, on that day, we dedicated our daughter, we dedicated our son to the Lord. And we said, we want this child to know God and to live for God someday. It's a, a chance for you to reaffirm your own faith and to commit to Jesus as your Savior and Lord. And I think As I look across here, people have done that. You desire to live for God, and you want your child to have that same commitment. It's a time to acknowledge your child as a gift and as a trust from God and a time to promise that you will teach your child and pray for them to experience salvation themselves, to choose Jesus themselves one day. When they're old enough to hear about Jesus, to to place their faith in him, that they would do that. And you will teach them that way of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a time for you to pray for yourself because this is going to be a big job. You already know it is. And pray that you will be able to do this. And we pray for you. As a church, we we join you. We This is part of our mission. This is part of the reason we exist. To help you, to equip you, to train you, to encourage you, to to uh, be with you through some hard times and maybe to, to lift up things that in your life that, that would be remind you of the difference that God can make in your life. And so, uh, just as a group, not to single anybody about it, I just want to ask you parents this morning, do you promise at this time that you're presenting your child before God, and you're saying, God, this is your child. You've given her, you've given him to me for a little while, but I'm I'm giving this child back to you. we going to live in our home, we're going to teach them Uh, but I promise you I will do everything I can so that they will know Jesus and one day choose Jesus for themselves. Is that the promise you make this morning? Yes, it is. Okay, good. Very good. Uh, We're going to uh, pray for each of these children together. Uh, We'll introduce uh, parents and maybe grandparents and then the child, and then we'll pray for them. So let's begin over here. And Lisa. Lisa is here today, Lisa Fries, and this is Olivia, Olivia. okay, Olivia Harper Fries, and uh, Grandma Penny is here as well, <laughs> so uh, let's lift up Olivia together. Lord, we're so grateful for the, the life that is before us here in Olivia, to know the gift, to know the blessing. We pray that you would be with Lisa and Evan as they're uh, raising her, for all the extended family as well, um, and we, we thank you. Uh, that she's in an environment here where she will learn about you, and uh, in her home, uh, Jesus will be lifted up, and she will learn to love him and to to follow him also. We pray for that. We pray that that she would choose Jesus one day. And thank you for her in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a second little girl here, and this is Gabriel and Angie. And uh, this little girl is Alyssa Colon. Uh huh. And we're really grateful to have her come forward. And how old are you? Four months. Okay. She said four months. we're really, really excited for you guys, too. Let's, let's lift up Alyssa together, please. Father, we thank you so much for Alyssa, just uh, for the, the potential, for the life that is before her, and for her parents that are dedicating her to you today. Uh, we thank you for their love for you and their desire that she would come to know Jesus for herself. We pray for your blessing upon her. We pray that uh, she would uh, just be uh, uh, light within their home and that she would, would uh, come to know you, for Lord and Savior, one day. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Okay. Then we have Chinadam and Agnes, yeah, and Michael over here, okay, and Grandma Esther's here too, so we're excited to have him here. He always grips you when you go like that, <laughs> and uh, we're, we want to lift them up today too. Let's, let's pray for Michael. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this little guy in front of us. Uh, just thank you for his family uh, that desires for him to know you. Thank you for the efforts that they make from day to day. Give them peace. Uh, give them patience, as we all need. And uh, we pray that they would, would uh, teach him uh, every day about your love. And that he he would see in their example uh, the life of Jesus. And as he comes to know Jesus, that one day he would yield his life to you. And he would, would be a, a mighty servant for you. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And then we have Darnell and Amy and uh, Nyla down here. Nyla, how are you? Quiet. She's fine, she said. And a uh, beautiful little girl. Let's let's lift up the Pat family together. Uh, Lord, we're so grateful for Nyla. We, we know she's a special little girl and uh, already part of the children's ministry and things that are going on. And her parents uh, want to know you and want to serve you. Her mom and dad want Jesus to be lifted up in her life. And I I pray that you would help them to teach her your ways and to know uh, Jesus for herself one day, uh, not just as a a Bible character, but as her personal Lord and Savior, and that she would live for you in in a strong way, that her faith would be visible and evident to all around her. And uh, just pray for uh, Darnell and Amy uh, that you would guide them so that they could guide her. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, Melanie. We've got two here. We've got Declan and we've got Marin. And uh, we've got Grandma and Grandpa, Bob and Faye also. And we're happy to have them come forward today. And we want to lift up these two wonderful children also. And uh, she has the Distinction of being our youngest up here in front today. How old is she? A week
2: and like three
0: days. A week and three days. Okay, so we're getting her in early here today. Okay, let's pray together for Declan and Mary. Lord, we thank you for these two wonderful children. We pray for your blessing upon them, uh, that they would be taught about Jesus from day to day, and the life that uh, their mom and their grandparents live would, would be so evident to them that this is the way to live, this is this is the right path that you want us to follow, and that they would be taught about Jesus so that they would just fall in love with him and want to live for him all of their life. Thank you for uh, uh, empowering them, enabling them to do this day after day. Give them the fruit of your spirit in their lives so that they could set the right example and show Declan and Maren how, how to live for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, then we get down here to Mary Williams, and we have Daniela and Daniel here today, right? Glad to have you guys come forward, too. And we want to lift you up in prayer, okay? Is that good? Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for Daniela and Daniel. Um, we're delighted in them and the time that we have known them, and, and we pray for Mary and her family, for her husband, um, for older children, Uh, son, as they influence, as they teach them uh, all together about Jesus. We pray for Daniela and Daniel by name, knowing that as uh, so many have blessed their children in the past, Mary can bring this blessing upon them as she speaks the future you have for them into their lives. And as uh, Caleb has encouraged us this morning, Lord, help us to speak your word. And to declare it uh, fearlessly, boldly, and with faith, with every conviction that these words will come true in the lives of these children. And I pray, especially now for Daniellen and, and Daniel, uh, that you would guide them and, and uh, teach them. One day they may serve you with wholehearted devotion and be a light for you in this world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anyone else that I miss now? I think we got everybody. Uh, parents, we're going to let you go back to your seat in a moment. Make sure we see you at the end of the service. We have certificates for you or we will soon get them after we've dismissed today. But before we sit down, I've asked Christian if he would come forward as our youth minister and he would pray for the parents and uh, lift them up before the Lord and ask uh, for God's blessing on our partnership as well. Let's pray together. All
2: right, why don't you guys bow your heads real quick. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, I just thank you for these parents. It's such a tough job. I can't even imagine what kind of job it is. Um, They have to balance everything in their lives. And uh, I pray that you would just give them strength, give them wisdom, give them discernment, give them encouragement. Uh, I pray that uh, we could uh, just be a support system for these parents here as the body of Christ with our different gifts and our different passions. Uh, I pray that... uh, that this would be a commissioning to the parents. We're, we're commissioning them to just uh, practice your love and to do your work. And we hope that the kids see this, that the kids are encouraged by this. We hope that the, the kids are the hands of the you through all of that. Uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know a lot of these parents. It's been a pleasure to see them um, pouring into their children from what I've seen. I pray that you would just just help us to stay in all of your presence. Be with these parents. Help them to realize that they need to just make time for you above everything else. Help them to tap into the Holy Spirit above anything else. Because they can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the the fruit of the Spirit. These parents need the fruit of the Spirit above anything else. So they can instill the fruit of the Spirit to their kids their kids can be moved, so their kids can be changed. We love you and, and we praise you. We give you the glory and the honor. We thank you for mothers today especially, and just what they do. It's a tough job as well, but somebody's got to do it. In your mighty and precious name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, parents. Please be seated. Glad to have you here this morning. Uh, we're going to share in our offering and then uh, conclude our service. Uh, so we could we have the offering uh, prayer at this time. Father, we thank you uh, that you give us every good and perfect gift. Everything comes from the Father of Lights, and uh, you are so good to us. Now we get to give back to you, and we're we're pleased with that. We're we're thankful that we can do that. Uh, that we even have uh, that which you first gave to us that we could give back and that we could uh, gain your heart um, for the people of this world and through these gifts and offerings uh, that your kingdom could be spread and people would come to know Jesus. Bless us all as we serve you um, and help these gifts uh, to help others know you. In Jesus' name, amen.